feel like you're on Ninja Warrior. It does sound like Ninja Warrior. <laughs> Welcome into the harvest, friends. We're glad that you joined us today. My name is Andrew Stroud. I am project lead here at Into the Harvest, and I'm joined today by Abigail Wilson. She is our editor in chief over at the Into the Harvest website and blog. And we do this podcast every two weeks because we're hoping that we can encourage ordinary believers to live and share their faith in the everyday places of life. That's who we are. We are ordinary believers. We're not professionals or specialists um, or extremely talented, but we love Jesus. Yeah, keep going. All the things we are not. But we do love Jesus. We've had people who have invested in our lives, older believers, and we're really hoping to pay that forward and share with others uh, what we're learning in the present, things we've learned in the past. And so uh, we're glad that you've joined us. Abby, I've actually got some some big news to share with you. Well, it's big news for us. Yeah. Um, We have been moving towards 500 subscribers over on the YouTube channel, and... I just got an email a couple days ago saying that we had hit that milestone that we have Yay! 500 subscribers over on YouTube. So all of you who are listening or watching this on YouTube, we definitely appreciate you. And we're excited about how God is, is growing this community. So thanks for being part of it. And thanks for, I mean, it's just 500 is just a number, but you know, you, but you it's take people, the encouragement. I think. I think it's people. It, it is people. <laughs> it represents people. That's how, I, yeah, that's very humbling. That's cool. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, it's, it's encouraging that people are, are finding um, the show and other videos that we have there helpful. So if you haven't checked out the YouTube channel, if you're listening to this uh, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or one of the other podcast platforms, we do have a YouTube channel, Into the Harvest. Mm-hmm. And this show goes up there. Every show that we do is also a video podcast, but we also have some um, specific videos about faith and following Jesus that are topical, shorter videos, Mm -hmm. uh, typically about five minutes. And uh, you'll find those over at the YouTube channel. So appreciate everybody who's part of the community. And, you know, if you're not already subscribe over there on YouTube, also, you know, help us get the word out by, by sharing these podcasts and sharing those videos We definitely appreciate it. Well, we're going to dive right in, Abigail. We have Mm -hmm. a listener question from Travis Todd. And Travis sent us this over Facebook Messenger at our Into the Harvest Facebook page. And it was in response to a show that we did, episode 120. It was a conversation that I had with John Snyder on finding and following the will of God. And so Travis asked this question in, in relation to that conversation. He says, when it comes to relocations and moving, it seems the disciples in scripture, for the most part, just went up, just got up and went. Uh, We don't see much fasting and prayer. I'm definitely not saying we shouldn't pray for where God wants us to go, but do you think we over-spiritualize things at times? So Travis, uh, I know Travis has asked questions before on the show. We really appreciate it, Travis, Mm -hmm. because... As we're having these conversations, um, there may be things that either we don't address uh, at all, or we, maybe we don't address specifically. So, Abby, what do you think about this question about the disciples? Just you know, Jesus said, 
come follow me. They dropped their nets, you know, yeah. John and, and uh, James left their father with the boat and just followed him. There wasn't a whole lot of inner wrestling with spiritual fasting and, and yeah, I mean, I agree. There's really not, um, especially with the disciples with Jesus. I think as we head into acts, things are a little different with the disciples. Um, and maybe that's a better place to look because, Hmm. um, friends, if I had Jesus just being like, Hey, Abigail, come on. I would think, I hope, I hope it would be easier than, than, having to work that out with the Holy spirit. Right. I mean, that seems unfair. I mean, because (laughs) (laughs) so I, I agree with the, that point that um, the disciples for sure just had the, the great benefit of having Jesus in front of them. And that required faith, right? They had to have faith that that was um, who to follow. Right. And so that's important. Uh, I think we see more prayer and fasting in acts. In fact, we see it quite Mm -hmm. a bit. And even with those first missionaries, it says that they were praying and fasting and they set aside um, the guys to go the two. So it's like two by two. And then they laid hands on them and sent them out. So I think there's a lot, we maybe don't see it pointedly, like this is what you should do, but we mm-hmm. see it in, um, in practice and acts, would you right. say that's accurate? Yeah. What does they, they, they talk about, um, you know, precept versus, uh, mm-hmm. practice. Um, yes. so yeah, that definitely seems to be the case. And, and as you were sharing that, I thought about, you know, Jesus himself talked about his disciples. Um, you know, he specifically said that they did not, um, they did not fast when he was with yeah. them be- because he was with them. Um, so, but I think maybe the broader principle for, for us, Abigail is, um, is, is around clarity. And that's part of why we had that conversation on finding and following the will of God. So there are times and there, there are situations even for us where God makes it very clear. Mm -hmm. So when Jesus is there uh, standing in front of them and he says, come follow me, um, that's a very clear call. And then it's, Mm -hmm. it's really just a question at that point of, following the will of God, you know, um, yeah. it's, it's been clarified, um, mm-hmm. in the moment, what he wants them to do. Um, and so there, I do think it's just an issue of obedience. Will they put down the nets and, and begin to follow yeah. him? Um, but, yeah. um, it's not always that clear for us as, uh, as followers of Jesus. And so when we're seeking to find the will of God, I think that's where oftentimes fasting can be a great practice to help us discern what God's will is for us. And then of course, there still has to be the willingness to follow once, yeah. he, once he reveals that to us. So to go back to, to Travis's question, yes, I think maybe it boils down to, are we over-spiritualizing things mm. at times? Is So, I mean, I hope yes. I'm not like taking him out of, you know, like, I, right. So, yeah. Travis, well, what, let us so know what, if, we're, but I, so here's my answer. I don't think so. <laughs> I, okay. I'm, and maybe that's my background. Maybe that's growing up in a Christian home, basically always sort of being a follower of Jesus to some extent mm-hmm. or another. I have a great fear of not doing God's will. Hmm. And so to me, uh, I almost have to over spiritualize it. Otherwise, hmm. like I have no comfort moving forward. If that makes any sense at all, like I, I'm going to need a lot of assurance from God 
that we're doing the right thing, even when being practical. So full disclosure, um, those of you who follow my newsletter, you know that we are actually having a huge life change in our lives in the Wilson household. Um, if you'd like to follow my newsletter, I'm going to link it. Yeah. Andrew, can we link my newsletter? Yes, we can. And we will. <laughs> okay. So the Wilsons are moving to Germany and I, um, that was shocking to me and we'll get into it more <laughs> as this, um, as this episode continues. However, right. I think I needed a lot of spiritual assurance on this. Um, mm-hmm. I think my husband, um, needed a lot of practical assurance, not mm. that he wasn't praying about it because he was, he was very much needing the practical aspects of that whole situation to play out. And then he used the very practical doors opening and closing right. to, um, to make that decision and feel confident and good that that was something that God was doing. And the Lord has been speaking to him, you know, through verses and things too, but for the most part, I am the one who's gotten the super spiritual like passages from scripture. Is right. that because I am the one who follows and I don't need to have the, I don't know. You tell me, yeah. but that's what yeah. happened. <laughs> Yeah, I do think that um, maybe the um, the question that we should each ask when it comes to this topic of over-spiritualizing, I don't know if this is what Travis was referencing, but sometimes we can um, we can want more and more confirmation because we're we're wanting to delay, sure. like the willingness. <laughs> sometimes we know what God wants yeah. us to do, or we've got a we've got a pretty good idea. We just really hope that that's not really what He wants us to do. <laughs> yeah. And I think in those instances, we can over-spiritualize. We can start to look for um, yeah. you know, more and more. And, and I guess the story that, that pops into my head is with that regard is the story of Moses, where God tells him to go down to Egypt and to confront Pharaoh and to bring, to bring the, the Hebrews out of slavery. And he yeah. keeps coming up with all of these reasons why maybe he shouldn't do it or it's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. And it's finally, God, you know, makes it very clear that uh, he's not getting out of this. Um, and yeah. so I, I do think that's Procrastination via <laughs> right. spiritualization. And, and, and it, it sounds to me like that's maybe what Travis is, is yeah, referencing, which I totally. do think is true. So if, if God yes. has made it clear, if you do know that um, he wants you to take a certain action or discontinue uh, mm-hmm. or make a move, um, yeah. I think you have to really be honest with yourself and, and kind of do an yeah. internal check of your own heart and your own willingness to obey. So, it, you know, so what's yeah, the issue, is the issue yeah. Yeah, is the issue that you don't have clarity or is the issue you don't have, you don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's so, good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Travis, thanks. Thanks again. We, um, we've heard from others of you and we, we have your questions that we will be addressing in future shows. But if you have something that you would like Abigail and I to discuss, a question that has to do with following Jesus or helping other people follow him, um, we'd love to to have that conversation with you. So you can send that to us in many ways. Leave it as a comment on any of our YouTube videos, and we should see it. We don't always see it right away, um, but we try to get to those and we try to address them on the show. You can also email it to us info at intotheharvest.org and we'll get it that way um, or leave a comment on one of the the social media platforms 
and we would love to talk with you about faith and following Jesus. So for our main topic today, Abigail, it's a little bit related to that question of faith, yeah. and, uh, of, of finding and following the will of God, but we want to talk about faith, taking risks, and trusting God, and, and how those things all fit together uh, when it comes to following Jesus, and especially, I would say, in this life that he's given us on earth, um, where we have all of these limitations, uh, we have limitations in terms of time each day, uh, limitations in terms of our own understanding of the world and our place in it and what God wants us to do. Um, how does faith guide us as we go through life? And what's the connection with taking risks and trusting God? So we kind of wanted to just start off this conversation by by talking about that connection, the, the mm -hmm. nexus of risk-taking and uh, trusting God and how that fits in with, with faith. So have you, have you given that thought before in the past? Um, well, uh, funny you should ask, because I, I think you are <laughs> like the perfect person for this topic and I'm the least perfect person because mm. I am not a risk-taker at all but you are. So, huh. I, and I don't, I don't know if that, like, if that's just spiritual giftings, but my joke about you, Andrew, is that you're constantly being like, <laughs> let's do this new thing. And I'm like, we're going to fail at that. Like, and I don't <laughs> like to do things that I fail at. And, uh, and it, you never seem to think about that. So I, <laughs> I really think this is more like, I'm just here as, as the, the, the other side of the coin that we are not like just being a follower of Jesus, Jesus does not make you a risk taker by any stretch. Mm, However, no. yeah, but, um, but following Jesus does mean that you're going to have to step out in faith on right. the regular, like a yeah. lot. So what's think, the difference between these? <laughs> I think that's, that's why I want to talk about this. I, I do think that most people are not risk takers by nature. Like we probably have mm -hmm. a, a risk tolerance and all of us are somewhere. I mean, I, I don't think any of us are just, you know, crazy in our aversion to risk. Everyone's got some sort of a threshold. Sure. And, uh, sure, sure, sure. But, and you're not I, like just cavalier. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I made you sound like a real crazy person. You're not. No, no, no. But I, <laughs> but I do think that most people have a, a lower threshold than I do. So I, I do think yeah. it's great that we can have this, this discussion between the two of us. Um, so part of this is, I've been given this thought that oftentimes what drives us to God is a desire for security, a, a desire, you know, we, we talk about faith and the Bible talks about faith in terms of being saved of God rescuing us. And so, of course, that's part of part of faith is the desire to be secure and the desire to, to have God as a, as a all-powerful, good, benevolent, higher force um, watching over our lives and protecting us and guiding us. And so in some ways, those, those all cut against risk. We don't, we, we oftentimes come to God in order to uh, limit risk. Uh, and yet, like you said, if we're going to follow Jesus, he will often take us right into uh, a, a time of risk. It's kind of like um, in, in connection to this, you know, Psalm 23, 
maybe the most famous chapter in the Bible that talks about the Lord being our shepherd and we shall not want. And he talks about, um, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear for you are with me. Mm-hmm. And I guess the, the idea that has stood out to me in the past is that God, you know, if God is leading us, if God is our shepherd, and we find ourselves in the middle, in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death, <laughs> how did we get there? Well, God, yeah. God led us there. And so the you know, visually, it's a great image because I think sometimes God is is taking us into a place that is dark and dangerous and a place that we would never want to go. Um, and yet, if we're going to be following God, it's not like we find our way into that valley of the shadow of death and then God joins us. You know, oftentimes God is the one leading us into those difficult times or into those difficult seasons. So, yeah. yes, so that's a lot, but I mean... Um, no, it's good. I mean, that'll preach right there. I, I think that, that we, um, I, I like what you said that we're like, we often go in for the comfort. God mm-hmm. is actively pursuing right. a relationship with us and that we would see more of who he is in our lives. And if we just stay right. put, if we stay in a bubble of comfort and protection, and we will never see the height or depth or, mm-hmm. you know, the grandness of who God is for us. Mm-hmm. So I think as much as we're actively pursuing comfort for the most part, I think we all are con- pursuing comfort, yeah. even if you're a risk taker, you're like, as just human nature and God is actively pursuing us. Right. And that usually means that we're taken out of our comfort zone um, for the sake of faith and risk and, and hopefully to see more of him. Um, and, but I I think that's, that's almost just the pattern of life. And we see that all through scripture. Mm -hmm. We see people in discomfort or in, I don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And that's, that's where God acts or Mm -hmm. people are in horrible sin and, God brings about judgment. There's still like, there's still Mm -hmm. that, that constant back and forth of us experiencing something and God showing himself, revealing himself to, to his people. So Mm -hmm. I really think this, it's just, this is our ride. We're on this friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we are. I, you know, I was reading in Psalm 78 this morning and it's, 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 it's a longer Psalm, but it's all about remembering it's, it's, Mm -hmm someone writing in their generation about how critical it is to remember what God has done in past generations, which for us and for the psalmist in this particular case, it was, it was based on scripture, on the stories of what God had done, not just in, in my past, but what has God done throughout history and in the lives of his people. And most of the mistakes, because the whole, the whole Psalm is almost this, this, this history of God's people and how they kept messing up. Um, but it gets traced back again and again to them forgetting who God is, like his nature and, and how he does mm. take us through difficulties. Um, but then he also delivers us from those difficulties. So um, it's, it's critical that we be people of scripture, because when you read the scriptures, you're going you're gonna to begin to see that God is, is a God who is constantly rescuing his people and then 
leading them into difficult places, wanting them to trust him, and then bringing them through those, those difficult times. So it's not just God is a God who rescues you and brings you into the promised land. It's that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But you're going to go through the wilderness and then you're yeah. going to have to fight for the promised land. Totally. So, so I think as Christians, we, we still have a lot of these, these promises and these hopes and these expectations of God mm-hmm. um, delivering the goods. And yet we don't always appreciate um, what we're signing up for. But if you read the Bible, it's pretty clear that uh, this is uh, this is going to be an adventure that God is taking us on and there yeah. will be hardships along the way. Yeah. And I, I wrote an article on this uh, just this year about the importance of stories. And that was based on what we see in scripture, because it is a hundred percent throughout that God is constantly calling his people. Remember when, and then he says, remember when, and then that moves forward into the next generation. And so it is key for us to be people of the scripture, especially in our, I mean, we're all going to face our own little, little version of this. Um, It may not be as dramatic or scripture worthy, but we need that foundation of scripture. So we don't just lose, lose our little minds, at least personally. Yeah. And this is, uh, I love what you're saying there. And I love that you wrote that article because, you we'll know, link we, it. yeah, yeah, we will. <laughs> so help me remember all this. Cause uh, I know I'll write, I'll make a list of all the links I need. <laughs> yeah. Text, text me after we finish recording here. Um, but yeah, like we need to be in the scriptures. And then that's also a big part of disciple making a, a big part of yeah. disciple making is pointing other people back to these stories uh, again, from our own life, our own testimony of what God has done, but but I would say even more so to the scriptures, and and that's what we see here in Psalm seventy eight. I'll, I'll read this because he really starts off that this is the importance of this is for parents or the older generation even to pass on to the the new generation to point them back to God and to point him uh, point them back to these stories, um, and it says that they should do this so that they might put their confidence in God, that the new generation, that the children mm-hmm. were telling these stories so that the children might put their confidence in God and not be like their fathers who didn't trust God, uh, but instead that they would be a generation whose heart was loyal and whose spirit was faithful. So us remembering the stories and us making disciples by passing on those stories of God's faithfulness to the next generation, the end goal is that we would be a people whose heart was loyal and whose spirit was faithful to God. So, Abby, we, we did want to maybe share from scriptures. I don't know. I've got some scriptures in mind that um, probably because I'm reading in this section of the Bible right now. Um, so I can go first, or if you've got you know a favorite passage from scripture that has to do with faith and taking risks and trusting God, you know, what, what would it be off the top of your head? Yeah. Well, um, I am not, I definitely feel like scripture speaks to me maybe a little differently, uh, in that I am very much story oriented. So, mm-hmm. um, like the Psalms will speak to me and they're beautiful and comforting to my heart, right. but it's like the stories of, Moses saying, you know, we will not go up from here unless mm-hmm. you go with us. Um, mm-hmm. For who are we if you, you know, if you're not with us? 
that to me, those kind of examples in scripture are what I have to look to. Like, this is what I need to be like. This is the kind of attitude I need to have. Um, and so I think for me, uh, that's sort of the, the way I, I, I interpret it as I'm reading, like I'm seeing how the mm -hmm. reaction or the poor reaction. Um, yeah. So we, I guess, you know, on, on point of like looking for a faith story or a story of taking risk. Um, my son and I were recently talking about Saul as mm. a great example of counterpoint to David of uh, Saul was um, out looking for donkeys and uh, I have to like add a Texas accent when I'm saying it, looking for donkeys <laughs> and, um, and was anointed King. And he didn't react great to that. Um, he ended up, you know, whenever the time came hiding behind the suitcases. So, my, you know, my son and I were just talking about that juxtaposition, you know, to position to David, who mm -hmm. really uh, just looked to God so clearly right. in the face of actually a lot more drama surrounding his you know, ascension to the throne. Um, and so just that even is a really great picture to me of what it looks like to face something scary, something big, and the reaction that we should have. Um, and so I guess that's kind of how I have looked at scripture and how I've, I've, mm -hmm. I've then used that to kind of guide me in that. So that's yeah. my answer. I kind of want to hear which, I mean, you are in probably better like specific passages of scripture. No, I actually like that. And and one thing that stands out to me from the story of David is, you know, take the next step. God anointed him king. And in some ways his life didn't change right away. Uh, Saul, not, not so much, you know, Saul's life immediately changed. Mm -hmm. um, he, he was leading battles um, within just a, a short period of time from, from Samuel anointing him. Um, yeah. with David, of course, he remained a shepherd for some time after, after Samuel anointed him to be the new King. And then he spent years on the run. He confronted Goliath. All of this, you know, happened before he even mm -hmm. became King. But I think what we do see with David is that he was faithful in the next moment. So he's a shepherd yes. when, when he gets anointed, he continues yeah. to be a shepherd faithfully. And then when, mm -hmm. when the situation with Goliath happened, he tried to be faithful in that moment and, and all of it. Yeah. So that's part of it, I guess I would say is um, this idea of, of having faith and taking risks. Is, it's not, it's not that you are going to take every risk, uh, but just take the next step, you know, yes. and, and sometimes the next step involves a, a small risk that you wouldn't normally take, but yeah, uh, it's going to move you down the path. That's interesting. I mean, I, I've obviously, I've been reading about David recently. So now we're like in the, this is why this is what came to mind for me. Yeah. You guys are always just going to get what Andrew and I are reading in our quiet, but <laughs> right. I, um, I was really struck by the time that David, um, comes across Saul, um, and then, you know, takes the water jug that's kind of right by his head and then steps out and is like, Hey man, mm. Um, and I was struck this time in reading through that, that David says to Saul, um, the Lord delivered you into my hands, but I didn't kill you. Um, right. And this is why. But I was struck by the Lord delivered you into my hands. A lot mm -hmm. of us would interpret that as like a door open, you know, yeah. like totally like 
Yes. Clearly I get to murder this dude. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so even as if you're in the mindset of like, I'm just moving forward, I'm just taking the next step. It's still about the focus a hundred percent on God, his authority in my life. Because if David for just a second had just taken a little bit of like, I'm going to take my life into my own hands, it would have been a totally different scene. So even when we're following those little steps, we still have to make sure that our focus is where it needs to be. Well, let's, um, I I don't want us to run short on time. Maybe if you wouldn't mind, Abigail, because you obviously shared a little bit with you and Brett and this, this, this new happening in your lives and in your family of, um, and I know a little bit of the story, of course, behind the scenes, but would you be willing to share with our listeners a little bit of how that worked out because I, I am pretty sure two months ago, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's, that's far enough back, but, but fairly recently Germany was not really, you had oh, no man. idea that this was going to be coming. I feel so, like it was sooner than two months. Two months <laughs> seems like a long time. Yeah. So how, just from the, just from your immediate situation, yeah. how are you trying to take some risk, but mm-hmm. do it out of faith and, and trusting yeah. God? Well, um, like I said, I think Brett has really taken the more practical approach. Um, we had some doors close in his um, his job, uh, like ladder movement, and mm-hmm. uh, and so this was a really great opportunity for him. Um, and so that was kind of the door open situation. But also has a minor in German, so there was like other things that mm-hmm. made it like very appealing to him. Um, but I. Uh, I honestly, I, I think, you know, God knows how I am and he knows I don't like change. And so I think the Lord was just very kind to give me a heads up that this was actually going to happen because Brett was very like, this is just so out of the realm of possibility for me to even mm. get this job. I'm just doing it for funsies, um, <laughs> which, you know what, friends, be careful <laughs> when you just apply for True. jobs for funsies. Um, he didn't say that did not use the word funsies. So, um, <laughs> yeah, just to be clear, uh, but the Lord really did use scripture. And in fact, in the same, um, reading that I was doing in first and second Samuel, um, I think it was the day after Brett got the interview for the job in Germany, um, which he had, he had assured me he would not even get an interview. And so I was like, of course you are. And uh, so I think the very next day I was reading the story of, of Jonathan and his armor bearer. Uh, and in that story, they're fighting against the Philistines. And he says to his armor bearer, you know, the battle is going to be tomorrow, but let's go up. And if the Philistines invite us over and say, come on over, um, then we'll go over because we'll know that the Lord is with us. And I read that and it was like highlighted for Abigail and my, in my mind, it was like, mm, they're going to tell us to come on over and I'm going to have to go because the Lord is with us. So that was really a kindness of the Lord um, to kind of give me as the wife, the heads up in that department. Um, yeah. Brett, on the other hand, I mean, he talked to you, he talked to um, some of his other mentors, um, some of just our co-laborers. Um, he got mm-hmm. great just advice and wisdom and prayer from a lot of the men in his life. And so um, I just got to be the, the wife who just supported in prayer and like also just try to pull myself together. Um, 
But I honestly think that for him, one of the things, so ladies, Mm. if you're listening, one of the things that probably helped Brett in making this decision Mm -hmm. was that I seemed oddly calm. Yeah. (laughs) And that was like a miracle. (laughs) Right. No. (laughs) Because I don't think that was at all in my personality to be like, sure, seems cool. Let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) No, definitely not. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for that. (laughs) Well, no, I'm just, my mind was going to my own relationship with my wife, who is very much. Yeah. And there've been, there've been, so I was more, more affirming that as a husband, when your wife gets peace from the Lord, (laughs) um, because I've experienced that. And it it really is as a husband, it's like, wow, well, I, I know my wife and I know if she has mm-hmm. a, it's not that she's excited about it, but if she has a, a piece that, okay, yeah. God is going to be with us. This is going to be okay. I don't know exactly how it's all going to work out, but um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready to trust God with yeah. you. That's, that's yeah. a big deal um, as, as a husband. So, well, I, um, f- friends, if you have more questions for Abigail, <laughs> Definitely. I ha- do not have answers. I don't have answers. Yeah, but this is coming up this summer, in, late summer, right? You guys are going to be. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, prayers, please. Um, yeah. We are, we are really, we're we're moving out for about three years probably, and um, so that means really taking apart the the Texas yeah. life. So, um, come on for the ride. I think it's going to be really interesting, Andrew, in the sense of. We've been doing ministry here in a pretty stationary place for nine years, which yeah. is crazy. Hmm. Um, and so a lot of the things that I've shared here at Into the Harvest have been from um, particularly the, those specific nine years, not that we haven't been mm-hmm. doing ministry longer than that, but as far as in the harvest, um, mm-hmm. I've really been speaking from that experience. Right. Um, but as you go, and you probably can appreciate this too you're further and further away from like the startup of having to do it. And so I can very much remember and um, feel the feelings of like discouragement and trying to start something from scratch and all those things, but I'm further and further out every year. And so Mm -hmm. um, I will not be anymore. I will be straight back (laughs) at the beginning. So I hope everyone can benefit from that because um, I'll just really be honest with you. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. We, we will be praying and we're in the early stages of even you and I talking about uh, yeah. how things look with, and with poor Andrew, the harvest. We can pray for him too. He's got to deal with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's exciting. So, you know, you'll have the whole community praying for your family and it'll be exciting to see how, how God guides in, in the coming months and years. Well, Abby, sometimes when we do this show, we have really hard segues and uh, whenever you and I, yeah, yeah, whenever you and I have our conversations, we typically break these shows into three segments with the listener Mm -hmm. question and then a main topic. And then we talk about something that's going on in culture and, and how we are trying to process it through the lens of faith. So we wanted to talk about um, the school shooting that took place a little over a week ago in Uvalde, Texas, which I believe is just down the road from you guys oh, there in San so Antonio. Close. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, you've got kids who are in mm-hmm. public schools, elementary schools. 
um, you know, our, our kids have, have been in the public school system over the years. Um, we have one, one son who is still in high school, a public high school here in California. So um, you and I have not really talked about this at all. So, um, you know, I've, I've got some thoughts on it. And, and the thing about the, I think one of the things that's making this this uh, conversation so difficult within the larger society that we're part of is, is that obviously it's a, a horrific tragedy on the one hand, and then it quickly moves into, you know, multiple arguments about policy and, and politics. And, mm-hmm. and it's not that those are not important conversations. It's just hard to, to talk about, <laughs> yeah. you know, you've got the human side that, that, yeah. that you want to be able to to be present in and sensitive to but it just seems like it quickly moves into um politics and policy so yeah um i don't know what are what are your thoughts or have you had conversations there um in your own life yeah. and ministry around this um so two things that i wanted to talk about um were first how i found out about this horrible tragedy i mean it really is maybe 45 minutes from us um which in texas is is close like your friends Mm -hmm. could live 45 minutes away um and so really just right in our backyard um but and yet i actually found out about this from a friend in australia she messaged me and was like i heard i am so sorry and i was like what What you know i didn't yeah um that was weird for me and so i guess i'd share that um to just say that's how tragedies especially this kind of thing have become and i think we've talked about Mm -hmm. this several times on um in just different formats here at into the harvest of how social media has made tragedy right that really actually is in my backyard in the backyard of you as well mm-hmm. in San Diego and my friends mm-hmm. in Australia. And that can be very hard to hold and to right. feel all the feelings all the time. Um, and so I, I guess in this case, it really is in my backyard and I really am mm-hmm. feeling all the feelings, mm-hmm. but it kind of made me even more aware of the fact that as we move forward, there's going to be unfortunately another tragedy tomorrow, you know, and we, um, we have to hold all that. And what do we do? And how do we um, kind of gauge? Because we just can't, we can't um, hold it all, all the time. Um, And so even also on social media, you know, you're, you're still doing your life, or maybe you wanted to post a picture of your kids. And all of a sudden, you feel like, I can't post Hmm. a picture of my kids. I should post something about that horrible tragedy. Like, otherwise, everyone will think I'm so unfeeling. So the, the real important thing for us as believers, I think, is just to find a place of, of um, authenticity of if you want to share something, please do. And mm-hmm. if you need to continue living your life and just pray for them, then just know there's not like this weird quota that we have to, you know, keep up with everything. We're talking about it here. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I guess I just want to make sure we're all healthy in that regard. Um, in, in this particular instance, um, you know, it was so very much present. In fact, my husband, um, in his, um, workout group 
there was a lady um, who he works out with who is from um, Uvalde and she mm. asked for prayer from the the, right. the group. And there, it's, this is not a Christian workout group. This is just a workout mm-hmm. group. And um, Brett said that immediately everyone was like, oh yeah. And then everyone started mm. talking about all the things you just said, like, right. oh, like it's the police's fault. And oh, like, right. And, right. and so Brett like actually had to, he like kind of mm. cut in, which is not Brett personality at all, but he was like, Hey, can we, can we do that? Like she just asked her prayer. Can, can we stop and can we pray? Yeah. And so they did. Um, right. But I think that's also like yes, our, yes. our jumping to, and Brett yeah. told me this story in the car. Mm-hmm. He was like, man, really cool this morning. I got to pray with my workout people. Um, and mm-hmm. he brought that up and I'm going to just confess to you. I immediately jumped into yes. So tragic. And like, I don't know, I don't know. And I like immediately yeah. started in on, yeah. and, and I was like, no, yeah, you prayed with them. Like, how did that go? So I guess for mm-hmm. myself too, this is just the struggle that we're, we're facing with these truly tragic yeah. human lives. Man, you had so many great points there. <laughs> Sorry, um, I went on a little. No, long. no, no, no. <laughs> hey, no, I think it's good because, and it, that, that's one of the things that makes it so difficult is it is, um, it, there, there's, there's so much to, um, to process, but I, I love the point about how we, as, as people were never meant to bear, uh, the burdens of the entire world. Um, and that's more and more what we're being confronted with. Um, so I do think that there is, is good opportunity for us to kind of step back and, and just, um, you know, think about what that means for us and, and what we, what we can handle, what we, what we should do to one, preserve our own, um, mental and emotional, spiritual well-being, but then also be present, uh, to what's happening in our neighborhoods, in our local area, because if we're constantly, you know, if we're being pulled from, uh, you know, Ukraine, like there's just at any given week, there's going to be something happening that is just truly uh, tragic. And uh, like you said, you can't, you can't live in that place, you know, 24, seven, 365. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also, I was thinking about how thoughts and prayers, you know, has become a meme and it's become offensive in a lot of ways. And I think it's because, um, we live in a a secular age now where, um, when, when you remove God from the story, um, then, then the highest good in response to a tragedy like this, it does become political action. So something needs to be done Mm -hmm. and thoughts and prayers is useless because, you know, we don't believe in God or he's not really, he's not stopping these shootings. So why would you, you know, pray to him? Um, I, I think as believers, we, we have to continue like Brett did to say, Hey, this is for us in this gym right mm-hmm. now. The most significant thing that we could do is to pray. Yeah. Um, and that's becoming less, um, acceptable or it's becoming more to some people it's becoming more offensive to actually have that that thought Mm -hmm. but you know we're short on time um 
<laughs> my big timer is like blinking at me, but okay. you know, maybe <laughs> final thought here is that, you know, I, I thought about Jesus and how they asked him about uh, the 18 people who oh, were yeah. killed mm -hmm. when the wall fell on them. And, and this was probably just a current that event happens. that mm -hmm. people were talking about, and it was a tragedy. And then they also talked about people who had gone down to worship the God of Israel mm -hmm. and had been killed by the political governor of that time, Pilate. And they wanted Jesus to comment on it. <laughs> so, um, and if you look at how Jesus addressed that, uh, it's in Luke uh, 13, I believe. Um, but if you look at how he addressed that, his, his big takeaway is um, you need to see how brief and, and how quickly life can be taken, mm -hmm. that there are no guarantees of, of a tomorrow. And then you need to apply that wisdom to your own life, to your immediate life. And so I think uh, compassion for those who um, are directly affected by this tragedy but then also some, some inner soul searching and, and take stock of, of how brief life is and, mm -hmm. and make those adjustments that are, that are important yeah. for each of us. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Abby, it was great to see you. Thanks for being available yeah. early morning again. And I'm glad we were able to, <laughs> to talk excited about what's going on for you guys, excited about Thank what's you. going on for Into the Harvest for sure. And um, we will still be, we've got one or two more shows before we go mm -hmm. on a short summer break. Um, so yes. yeah, we'll talk <laughs> about that more on our next show. Yeah. We'll see you guys later.